You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We left the high priest being educated in how to perform the ritual of Yom Kippur. And of course, this ritual is crucial, not just for his own survival, but for the survival of the whole of the people of Israel. And we talked about the fact that not every Kohen Gadol, not every high priest was an expert. Not every high priest really knew what to do. So picking up in the fourth Mishnah of the first chapter of Yoma, they're educating him. And we mentioned, by the way, that we feed him. So he has seven days of education before Yom Kippur. And the Mishnah says, Kol All seven days, all seven days while he's being educated, they didn't withhold any food or drink from him. But Erev Yom Kippurim, on the eve of Yom Kippur, this is the day before Yom Kippur, as it's getting towards night, remember in the morning of that day, He's taken out onto the eastern gate and all the oxen and rams and sheep pass before him so he becomes familiar with different kind of animals. In the evening, they stop feeding him. They wouldn't let him eat very much. And they wouldn't, they are not going to let him go to sleep the night before Yom Kippur because they're afraid of a nocturnal omission, just as they are afraid of contact with his wife in the week before Yom Kippur, in case she is Nida, they're afraid that he'll go to sleep at all the night before Yom Kippur, in case there's a no- he has a nocturnal omission and he can't serve. And they're going to talk, well, we'll find out in a minute that they're going to... Um, going to teach him all night. We're going to find out that they read to him from the scriptures all night. But before they do that, before they do that, they hand him over. The elders of the court, so these are the guys who've come out to educate him, hand him over to the elders of the priesthood. And they take him to the upper chamber, the attic of the house of Avtinas. Now, we've come across the house of Avtinas before. When we learned the Mishnah of Shekalim in the fifth chapter, we learned a long list of the officers of the temple. And, you know, every particular function had its officer. Someone was in charge of medicine for the Kohanim. Someone was in charge of incense. Someone was in charge of um, um, the making the showbread. And the people that were in charge of incense were the house of Avtinas. Now, the, one of the essential parts of the ritual of Yom Kippur is going to be to sprinkle the incense on the firepan and to make this, this, this smoke, this sweet smelling smoke in the Holy of Holies. So he's going to be taken to the house of Avtinas to learn how to do that. So they brought him la aliyat beit avtinas, vehishbiuhu venitru vehalchulahem. They took him up to the attic of the house of avtinas and they made him swear, and then they left. So what do they make him swear? Amrulo. They said to him, 
Ishi Kohen Gadol, my Lord, the High Priest. Anu Shluchevetim, we are emissaries of the court. And you are our emissary and the emissary of the court. And I guess, you know, they might have said, look, he's an emissary of the whole of the house of Israel. When he performs this, this, this ritual. We we make you swear, we adjure you, but in the name of the, he who makes his presence dwell in this house. We make you swear in the name of he who na- makes his name dwell in this house. That you will not change anything of what we've said to you. And then the Mishnah continues. He turns his face away and he cries. The word poresh, by the way, is the same word. It's to separate oneself. Same word that we found at the beginning of the Mishnah. He separates from his wife and he separates himself from those he's speaking to. He turns his face when he cries. And they turn aside and weep too. So they weep together. What is going on here? Let's have a look. I brought you the sources, but let's let's um, let's just jump, if you like, straight down to the to the Rambam. The Rambam explains he would cry because they had suspected him of heresy. The Haim Hayubuchim. They cried because they had suspected him. Because it's forbidden in our Torah to suspect. It's forbidden in our Torah to suspect or to think an evil thought of some person, of an Adam. About a person when the issue is in doubt, except when necessary, as you will see. And the Bath Nur actually says, look, a person who suspects those who are kosher is, is whipped. So what do they what do they suspect him of? Let's let's just have a look at the Pasukim. Because we're going to find an argument between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Remember, we began the tractate of Yoma by saying, really, we need to understand the whole of chapter 16. Of Vayikra, the whole of chapter 16 of Vayikra, and it's at the beginning of the source sheet, outlines the ritual of Yom Kippur. But there is a certain amount of doubt there. And in verse 2, it says, um, Speak to Aaron. Aaron shouldn't come into the Holy of Holies whenever he wants. Inside the curtain. El just in front of the cover of the um, of the Aaron, velo yamut. He shouldn't come at all times because he might die. And then the verse says, "Ki for I appear in the cloud on top of the cover of the ark." It seems somehow that 
we know already that this Yom Kippur ritual is a dangerous ritual. We don't know whether the high priest will survive or not. And he goes into the Holy of Holies all alone. There is a, a an idea in the Talmud that he actually, he has a rope tied to his waist so that if, if he doesn't come out, they can pull him out because they're clearly not going to go in after him. No one knows whether he's going to survive this experience or not. But the impression we get in verse 2 of the 16th chapter of Aikra is that there has to be cloud there, that the God somehow appears in the cloud above the ark, and that cloud of incense, it seems as if the, the high priest has to go in with the cloud. And that's the interpretation of the Sadducees. The Sadducees, according to the Sadducees, the ritual is that the high priest takes the incense he puts it on the fire in the censer. He throws it on the fire. He makes the smoke. And then he steps into the Holy of Holies. So when he steps into the Holy of Holies, the incense is already coming out of the censer. That's the way the Sadducees read that verse. But the Pharisees, by the way, they're called Purshim. So this word, this root, pei, reish, shin, keeps on coming up. The Pharisees are Purshim. And they go right, they go to the middle of the chapter. They go to verses 12 and 13. And in verses 12 and 13, it states absolutely clearly that the high priest goes in with the incense in one hand and with fire in the other hand. And only when he's inside the Holy of Holies does he throw the incense onto the fire. So in other words, according to the Sadducees, he goes in with the incense smoking. According to the Pharisees, he goes in with the ingredients to make it smoke. And once he's passed the curtain, then he throws the incense on the fire. And that is effectively, the, the, we can look at the Pusukim. He takes a censer full of coals of fire. He takes the fire from the altar, from in front of God. And then separately, separately he takes a handful or perhaps two handfuls of sweet incense beaten small. So he's got the fire and he's got the incense. And then, and then he goes inside the curtain. Then once he's inside the curtain, he puts the incense on the fire in front of God. And then, and then, of course, the cloud comes up and it covers the earth, covers the, the covers the ark, which is on top of the, the testimony, and he will not die. There's a disagreement between the Sadducees and the Pharisees as to how this should be carried out. And it seems as if it's a life and death choice. If you make the wrong choice, you can die. And... All this happens, by the way, inside the curtain. So no one else is with him inside the curtain. How do they know what he's going to do inside the curtain? These guys who are instructing him, are the once, I mean, we, we said already that the high priest isn't necessarily someone who's a Talmud Chacham. He's not necessarily someone even from one of the leading priestly families. You could buy the high priesthood. So he's someone they don't know, and they don't, and they may not necessarily trust. And once he's behind the curtain, they can't see what he's doing. 
So they make him swear. They make him swear to do the right thing. And then they cry because they've suspected him of being a Sadducee and possibly, you know, possibly not doing the right thing. And he cries too. They cry together. And then during the course of the night, they need to keep him awake. So the Mishnah goes on. If he was a sage, he would expound. He would he, he, he would speak. He would teach. If he wasn't a sage, the disciples of the sages would expound before him. So they talk to him to keep him going. If he knew how to read. Interesting. So we're learning something about the education of the Kohen Gadol. If he knew how to read, it's not certain he knew how to read. If he was used to reading, he would read. If not, they would read before him. And what would they read? Well, they'd read him from Job and Ezra and Chronicles. Maybe these were the kind, I don't know whether these were the kind of books that would seem to keep you awake. Job isn't necessarily a book that keeps, you know, I would think will keep you awake. But anyway, they, these are the books they used to read. Zechariah. Zachariah ben Kavutal, Zachariah ben Kavutal Omer, he says, Pa'amim harbe kariti lefanav b'Daniel. I have often read before him from Daniel. What's the significance of Daniel? Well, I mean, that's a nice sort of cheerful book, which with stories in it, which can um, maybe keep you awake. But the first seven chapters of Daniel are written in Aramaic. And again, we think we, it makes us think about what sort of character, uh, what sort of character the high priest was. If we're reading to him in Aramaic, maybe this is a character that doesn't know Hebrew. Yeah, Aramaic was the vernacular in the time of the of the of the Beit Midrash. Hebrew was Lashon Hakodesh. Maybe this high priest that were educating, that were training, that were making swear to do the right thing. Maybe even this is someone who this is maybe this is someone who doesn't even know Hebrew. And that's really something that we might just sort of think about and pause and well, maybe there are analogies today. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs> <laughs>